This is Damon Udicek, and this is the Ideal Money Life Podcast. This is my journey to build a business from zero to $1 million in 12 months. I'm going to experience a lot in the next 12 months. I'm super excited about the journey. I can't wait to share my failures, my successes, and everything in between. All right, let's do this. Good morning. Uh, This morning, I'm going to talk about uh, a blog post that I wrote yesterday, and it has to do with um, some information. I watched um, Seth Godin do a presentation, and uh, for those of you who don't know who Seth Godin is, Seth Godin is written an his primary primary focus is permission-based marketing. So he's written a lot of books on marketing. And I think he's, he started, um, I think he's the kind of beginning thought leader on permission-based marketing. And back in the early 2000s, he talked about traditional marketing was going by the wayside. Uh, and traditional marketing was advertising by interruption. So essentially, when someone watches TV, they're interrupted by advertisements. On the other hand, with permission-based marketing, you're marketing to someone because they want you to market to them. Um, A good example of this is I go to a retail store, and they asked me if, the, if I want to sign up for the email list and so I can get new offers on, and tips on you know, the goods they sell. And so then I start to get emails from them. And so now they're marketing to me by emailing me. And it's one of the things that I like to get marketing from them because I learn about the products that I like. And from time to time, I'll get some deals on some new ones, or they may make me aware of new products that I want. So I'm happy to hear with them. And as you could imagine, um, I'm buying instead of them selling. So when we're getting to, um, there are a couple things that I learned from from listening to go uh, Seth Godin. Uh, and initially, he talked about the thing about the purple cow, which is the first book I ever read by him. And he shares the story of you need to be remarkable when you're in the marketplace. And then he further talks about that word. He says, when you're remarkable, you're doing something that people remark on. And so It's something that is distinctive or unique about what you're doing. And so he shares the story of, you know, he's in the car with his family and they're driving along in the middle of um, dairy country where a bunch of cows are. And everyone's looking around. They're looking outside and they see Holstein cows, which are those beautiful black and white cows. 
And you, you keep looking and you see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of black and white cows. Then all of a sudden, you see a purple cow. What? A purple cow. And so everyone stops and gets out and they look at the purple cow. And they take pictures of the purple cow and they start telling people about the purple cow. And they start saying, wow, this is amazing. They call their friends and look at this. This is a purple cow. And so the purple cow theory is you've got to be remarkable in what you offer in the marketplace. And almost every single business out there, there's uh, everyone's the same. Uh, I'll give a great example. When I was first back in 2008, when I was first doing my, my research on uh, wanting to start up accounting firm. You know, I did some research through, um, I don't know which database, it was some database. And in my town, there were like, I don't know, 50, 60,000 accounting firms. And I started going to their websites. And this was back in 2003. Uh, so the internet was not nearly as prevalent as it is now. And every single website I went to was the same exact website. I think what happened is the owners of each of those accounting firms they looked at, um, they bought some kind of a software where uh, it was a web builder software. And it had the same exact copy. We're your trusted advisor. These are the services we provide. And then they might even have articles. But the thing was, is they did, most of the people just relied on the web builder company to create those articles for them. And there was a there's a whole menu of articles that they could choose from, and then they would make those available to their website. And and so every single way, every single accounting firm that was using a website back then was the same using the same exact web website. The only thing that might have changed a little bit was the colors or the fonts. But the words uh, on the website were all the exact same thing. And and so this just was just like, well, this is, I knew back then with the little knowledge I had, I was like, well, all I have to do is create a website that's somewhat different and talk about my services in a different way. And then I'll present myself as a unique person. However, when I got to actually talking with people, um, I ended up saying probably the same thing every other um, accountant out there said when they were selling their services. And so then it was a, um, it was a situation where really I think that the, the deciding factor on whether someone hired me back then was based on did they like me? Um, and I had the knowledge back then to know that um, it was important to build up trust with someone 
because I was dealing with their money. And I knew that money was something that was very sensitive to people. And so the way I focused my energies, one of the first things I did was I had a newsletter that I sent out to people. And this was an email newsletter. And so once a month, I called it the Orange Star Newsletter. Once a month, I sent out, now I started out sending it, um, I sent it, the first couple episodes, I sent it out via uh, mail, but it got to be too cumbersome to send it by mail. And then I signed up with a email service marketing company and sent that, uh, sent the emails or sent the, the newsletters out that way. And it was one of, one of those things I really, really enjoyed doing. I like, I enjoyed writing about it. I remember, um, I did this silly survey and to all these people that were on my email list back then. I was like, what kind of pet would you buy? <laughs> and it was just silly, but I got a lot of engagement on it. And I, I think, I don't know if cats or dogs won. I'd have to go look back at it. But it was one of the things I got a lot of responses on. And it was, again, one of those things that... Um, I, and I just remember so many people saying, I love your newsletter. And part of the reason why they liked it is because I was real with them and I was sharing a part of myself with them. And so the people that liked hearing from me were the people that liked me, you know. And so one of the things that I think I benefited, for, benefited from in those situations was um, then when people bought from me, they had already liked me. And so there were all these pros and cons with me, but there, and that's such a case it is with everyone is there's pros and cons with people. But if you like the person you're buying from, then chances are the, the, the negative aspects of that person really aren't that important to you. Uh, and so um, what I've also realized over time is that it's important for me to find my people. And, and I've gone through an extensive process of defining who my ideal customer is. And now that I've identified my ideal customer is, my marketing is written towards that person. And uh, the per, my ideal customer's name is Ann Johnson. And I go ahead and describe Ann Johnson in great detail. This is the type of person that I want to work with. And so it puts me in a position where I'm speaking the language of my ideal customer. And then over time, what's going to happen is I'm going to attract that person to them. And the things that I do well are going to be the things that they want. And the things that make me unique are going to be the things that they want. And so now I'm building, and I think Seth Godin even calls, has a book called Tribes, which I have yet to read. In the book Tribes, I don't know, I'm a, with the, the concept of tribe, having a tribe is you're building a following of people that enjoy who you are. And, and a really great way to look at this is if you've got a favorite musician or a band um, that you really enjoy, that you want to go see in concert, you like the way, you know, their personality, you like everything about them. 
those that's essentially what you're trying to do in your business. You want to build a tribe of raving fans who love who you are. And then when you're as you're doing that, you're trying to figure out, okay, what can I do to serve my tribe or my community better? And always remaining focused that what is the one thing I I deliver? And the one thing I deliver to people is helping them keep more of the money they earn in the business and managing their money better and, and setting it up so that their business really works for them. And that's what I do. And my primary target is realtors. And so when I get an inquiry from someone else and they end up, um, not being my realtor, a realtor or my ideal customer, then I can need to have the discipline to say, well, this is who I work with. This is how I do my work. And it's kind of a take it or leave it situation. Uh, Because what I've realized is when I have been willing, when I have allowed myself to take a customer just because they had money in their pocket that they were willing to give to me, that ended up not being a good situation for me in some instances, because then at times I ended up forming a business relationship with someone who was not my person, who was not my ideal customer. And it caused both people some tension and it also caused um, people um you know, instances where I lost money over the situation. And so that is an important thing to think about. And and I will tell you, it took me 10 years to realize that I needed to focus in on an ideal customer. Uh, and the thing about focusing on an ideal customer is it makes everything so, so much easier, you know, because I know what to focus on now. I know that I want to work with realtors, and when I'm working with realtors, I know where to market myself. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't work with other people, but they need to fit into the personality of my realtor. And the reason why I chose one specific industry is now I can be very focused in my marketing. So in the past, I would join different organizations. Um, I would join um, and I would be involved in different networking activities where it was a whole slew of people that were small business owners, which quote unquote was my market at that point, my idea, my customer at that point. But the challenge was is if I was trying to do work for a brick maker and a contractor uh, and an electrician and someone who worked at a large technology company, then I had to develop systems around all those different types of ways of doing work. And it spread my resources thin, it spread my time thin. But now that I've focused on this is the way I do stuff and I market towards one specific person and type of industry, 
then my job gets much easier and I can be focused in my marketing and I don't have um, the resources to market like the big companies do. Um, I think I read in the annual report of Coca-Cola once that they spent 20 some on billion dollars on advertising a year. Um, and I just, so I have to do things in a way that works with my strengths and trying to market my business like these big companies that use billboards, newspaper, television. If I tried to compete in that noise, there's no way I have enough money to make a dent in going towards that market. So by focusing in on my marketing efforts toward a single industry, I'm able to, I can become a big fish in that small pond. Um, and I can grow my audience and then that builds on my reputation and there ends up being a whole slew of ways of gaining traction when I'm focused on that. And so that is where I will end for today. And I hope you have a great day. Hello, this is Damon. Am I heading out on my way? All right. So I am excited to announce that the Ideal Money podcast is now in an international podcast. Uh, I was reviewing my statistics, and we're in a situation where outside of the U.S., there are four additional countries where I've had listeners, um, which was pretty cool to see. Um, So we'll see how this grows. Um, I just finished up a session with a um, profit first consultation with the person I've been working with. And one of the things uh, we've been working about three months together now. And one of the things that I shared with them and they're like, it's been painful to make these changes. It's been painful to make these changes. But we're, they're, they're making progress. And they're not losing as much money as they had been. And they, what they've been doing in order to manage cash is they've been getting loans to pay for operating expenses. The problem with that situation is the fundamentals of the business were not in the right place. All right. So let me talk about the fundamentals of the business. So it really comes down and the numbers can be bigger or smaller accordingly. It really comes down to one thing. Revenue minus expenses equals profit. And I'm going to rephrase those names to money coming into the bank every day minus money going out of the bank every day 
equals the cash that we're going to have at the end of the day. And so if on if today I have less cash coming in my business than I have going out of my business or my bank account, then I am in a horrible position. The cash has to come from somewhere. And if I'm having to put borrow money in order to pay for those expenses, I'm I'm in a death spiral. There's no way that I am going to ever get ahead if the fundamentals of my business are wrong. And the fundamentals are, is my business making more money, bringing in more cash from what it sells than it's spending? And that's as complex as the money side of the business is. If you try and make it any more complex than that, you're in a horrible situation. Am I bringing in more money from what I'm selling than I'm spending each day? And so what I did with these people is I gave them an example of something that I just recently did. I had spent a lot of time in July working on getting my podcast up and running, working on building my click funnel, sales funnel. And that was taking time away from me doing work that was going to bring cash into the business. And I spoke about this free earlier um, on earlier podcasts. But, and what I realized is I was looking at my income account and then I was looking at my OPEX account. I was looking at my own pay on account and I was looking at my, um, tax account. And the the numbers in those accounts were not what I was happy about. And I realized, oh my goodness, I'm in a horrible situation. I am going down a bad path. I need to make some corrections in order to correct the direction of my business because I was going down the wrong direction. And so I had to make some corrections. I said, okay, I know that you know, this is my monthly, and I'm just going to throw a number out here. I know that in order, if, if in order for me to break even and make sure that I, I'm I'm getting paid the right amount of money, this is the number that I was putting together. Is I've got it. You know, I'm using this number as a simple number: twenty thousand dollars. My business is open twenty days out of the month, so every day I've got to bring in a thousand dollars a month. And so I I, I shared this example with um, uh, my, my client during the session. I was like, okay, how much are you spending every month? $212,000. All right, how many days a month are you open? How many days are you doing sales? 30 days. All right, so now we just take 212,000 divided by 30. That means every single day, the business needs to make $7,100 a month or a day. So if the business is not bringing $7,100 a day in from revenue, from selling goods, then we're in trouble. And so now we're going to focus on what can we do every day to make sure we're bringing $7,100 into our business. And what is my daily number? And then the question is, how 
can I raise that seventy at one hundred dollars without increasing my spending? Or if I'm gonna if I can increase my revenue, what can I do to reduce my seventy one hundred dollars that I'm spending? Because seventy one hundred dollars a day in this instance is our break-even point so that we're not spending any more money than we can. So that was that was a big game that we got in this meeting together is really figuring out what's our daily number. And now we have something that instead of focusing on 212, which to a certain extent be, be, be a mind-boggling number for them, they're like, okay, now we can focus on the daily number and we can focus on what can we do daily? Because if we can get our daily actions right, then that'll get our other numbers right. So it, it was a great meeting that I would have with them. The other thing that I was sharing with this other client of mine um, as we were talking about what they've got, and they've done a really good job of saying, this is what we have in our resources. That's all we've got. You guys have to figure something out. And I was like, that's perfect. That's exactly what you want to be doing. And... Then I shared an example of, the, of myself. I was like, okay, earlier this month, I was like, okay, I'm doing these videos and I need a light studio and then I have all this other stuff. And I, I, I realized I could sell some of the stuff I had and it gave me the cash to buy the light kit. And then also now I've got the, you know, so we've already, here's the thing, we have already have every single resource that we ever will need to take us to the next step. And then when we get to the next step, if we do things in a matter that is consistent with what that produces success, then we'll get the resources. A lot of times I think that in my own instance, I've gotten scared over certain things and I'm like, oh, I need to get a new resources. And, and I have to stop myself at times. And it's like, no, I don't need any new resources. I've already got everything I need. Let me just use the resources I already have. I just sold a, a TV and a table for 300 bucks. And it had been sitting in my storage room collecting dust. And now I just got cash for it. And I was able to get these other things that I, that for, for my new purposes for doing my videos. And we all have resources that are being wasted or idle that if we can look at them, we can go ahead and get more use out of them. But it takes cutting the brakes on going outside of what we're already using and trying to find a new resource. I'm going to tell you this. There, if what we're using isn't working, either we need to get rid of it, throw it away, or, or sell it or something. If it's not working, it's not working. Let's just get rid of it. And that frees us up to have and use the resources that are working. And what happens a lot of times is we get bogged down on resources that are holding us back. And until we get, until we, if we, until we get rid of the dead weight, it's gonna. We're gonna be bogged down by it, and so it was a super amazing day to get 
hear how this company had progressed, and they're not there yet. They are not there yet, but they are so much better than they were three months ago. And I'm super proud of them for making the progress and the hard decisions. And that's what makes a person a leader is a person makes a hard decisions. They, they, they had to make hard decisions about what they're going to do with their business. And it hurts to make those decisions. But, it, but, they, but they took the leadership and made the decisions and took, took the painful things that they had to do to improve themselves. And I, I'm proud of them for making that decision. And they did it. They, they were the ones that t- took the decisions. And their business is better because they made those decisions. And so sometimes it, it's hard to make a decision, but we just do one thing to get me a little bit closer. And maybe it's not going to be the right decision. But, and if it's not the right decision, then I can learn from it. And I can make a better decision tomorrow. And I can take a little bit of action, one step, one step, one step. I feel like this is a good place for me to stop. I just had a great day in hearing how someone had made some progress in their business by putting profit first in place. And it's forced them to live with create boundaries around their business and to improve the business and say, this is all we've got. Because if the business is not self-sustaining, if it can't fund its own operations, then the business is broken. And it's not going to be an overnight change, but if, I, if I'm better off this month than I was last month, then I'm making progress. And next month, I want to get a little bit better and a little bit better. And so if I'm starting off losing $30,000 a month this month, but next month I'm only losing $25,000, i am doing better. And then the goal is, let's. what can I get to a little bit better? Because we have already have everything within us to, to get what we need. So here we go. That is where we're going to end for today. I hope that you have a wonderful day today. And go out and just do one thing better tomorrow than you did today. And have a great day. All right, bye. That does it for today's show. If you enjoyed the podcast, do two things for me, please. One, subscribe to the Ideal Money Life podcast. And two, tell one person about the show. This is a labor of love for me, and I want to get the message to as many people as possible. Thank you for listening. Ideal Money Life podcasts are for general information purposes only and do not create a CPA, tax advisor, investment, or other professional relationship. You should consult your professional advisors before you apply anything you've learned from this podcast. Remember the wise words of Benjamin Franklin. Your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones. Have a great day.